Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Off the Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews, the show that covers all things NRL. We uh, certainly do. Welcome to it. Off the Bench for another weekend. Uh, Jason Matthews here. Scotty Sattler, of course, uh, coming to you from our Sydney studios. Hello, Sats. Hello, Woogie. And listeners also, yeah, I am in Sydney, uh, rainy Sydney. It's Is it followed horrible? The, uh, right. Yeah, followed the weather down from uh, southeast Queensland. And, but I hope they don't get the, uh, the treacherous, treacherous uh, weather that southeast Queensland got early on the week. Well, it's, no, it's been pretty bad in Sydney most of the week. Yeah, mm. I've seen some massive storms in, in in Sydney on the news. So stay safe wherever you are listening around Australia. Um, big show today. Uh, Reese Robson, uh, who caught up with uh, Badge and Sats during the week on Sports Day, will be joining the boys ahead of their clash, big clash, against the Roosters Saturday night in Townsville. Their traditional spot, isn't it, on the calendar, Sats? Yeah, it's always been, for many, many years, been the time slot that allows people from... All the outer regions, yeah. the Cairns and, and Mount Isas and all those players, that, uh, those families that travel anywhere up to sort of six or eight hours to get to the games. Uh, so, yeah, it's always been that regular time slot. I remember when we the Cowboys used to host a 2.30 time slot during the day on a Saturday in sort of – I remember playing up there in 2000 in March. No, it was February because they had to bring the comp forward – because of the Olympics in 2000. So yeah, we're right. playing in February and playing in Townsville. I think it was round two, round three, 2.30 on a Saturday afternoon. It was about 38, 39 degrees. It was horrific. Abs- it was one of the last day games I ever played up there because it was just too dangerous. And and we know where you would have went after that. Well, funnily enough, I lost <laughs> five and a half kilos that game and they had to put me on a drip back at the hotel to put fluids back. And I wasn't allowed oh, to Bundy. go... I wasn't allowed to go out until I got at least 75% of my weight back. And that was at about 10.30 at night. And I was then allowed to go out. So everyone else had about three hours head start on me. Yeah, so I, th- I thought in the drips in hospitals and all that in far north Queensland, it was just rum. I thought that's all they put <laughs> in here. So that helps out. Anyway, Reese Robson will be joining us. Got our tips for the remainder of round four um, plus. Oh, look, there's heaps of stuff. There's plenty of news around. Let's get straight into it. Time on Off the Bench to look back on the news of the week. Geez, another blow for the Dolphins, Wayne Bennett's team, because uh, the Melbourne Storm have extended Harry Grant's contract till 2025. Yeah, I think this is always the way it was going to go. Jace, he's a He's a great kid, Harry Grant. Uh, comes from Yapoon up near Rockhampton. Where's Yapoon next Just to? near your fork. And everyone thought that he would just naturally try and go back to Queensland, being closer to family. But this is a kid who Melbourne showed a lot of faith in. The lure of Wayne Bennett over the lure of Craig Bellamy is probably not as attractive anymore when, when, when Bellamy's been coaching for so long, having so much success. And he's got a great connection with those players from Melbourne. So... You know, the thoughts of Munster and at one stage Pappenhausen, Harry Grant, Jerome Hughes, are they all going to possibly 
been a- attracted to the the Dolphins. They just the, the lure of what Craig Bellamy and what he means to them individually. Mm. Um, it's going to be interesting now what happens with Munster because he still plays twenty twenty three at the Dolphins. Now they're, they're going to have four players that are going to be on or around a million dollars, and I don't know whether a club can sustain four players. They can sustain sustain three. Will someone have to miss out if that person is Munster? Would he go to the Dolphins? I don't think he will. I think that all four of them somehow will stay uh, at the Melbourne Storm, but one of them is going to have to take a pay cut. And I don't know how substantial that'll have to be for Munster, but I think I think that he'll stay. I think he'll stay there as well and follow Harry Grant's lead and sign an extension. I don't think it's just about um, Wayne Bennett versus um, Bellyache. I think it's where's your best chance of winning a premiership. And that's you know. It's also the loyalty as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. There are some there are some players and clubs where there is no loyalty to the brand, but the Melbourne Storm are a little bit different. You know, historically, under Bellamy especially, historically players who play at the Storm will play there. For, if you're a marquee player, you'll play a long period of your career there. The only real one that left was GI, and he had to because again, salary cap wise, they weren't able to, to afford him. So. Um, but, yeah, I, I, it doesn't surprise me that Harry Grant has extended his contract there. And he's a tremendous kid, like I said. He's got great respect for, for others off the field. He's he's a really humble kid as well. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's staying there, actually. I'm, I'm really glad he's going to stay there. Well, that still just leaves possibly Ponga for, for the Dolphins as their big signing, their marquee signing, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and they do need one for 23. It's easy to say we're going to go all in for Munster and getting for 2024, unless the Melbourne Storm said, you know, we need to free up salary cap space. And if you want to go and get a contract worth seven figures, the Dolphins will let you go for 2023. I can't see Craig Bellamy doing that. Mm. I can't see the Melbourne Storm doing it. So the only one, the only one of marquee value that that would be on the market, who's got a, a two year option in his favor, which can be triggered for next year is Ponga. And, yeah, you know, Kalen Pong has always kept his cards close to his chest. You know, for for Kalen, it's always been about family. It's been about brand. It's been about opportunity, whatever it may be. Um, I I don't know whether at this stage of his career whether premierships are a priority. I don't know. I don't know the kid well enough. I just know that he's a huge brand, and I think the Dolphins are positioned they're in. They're just going to wait for players to start falling over throughout the years, like players that get disgruntled with their clubs and. Maybe they're able to negotiate releasing that player. There'll be a lot of that through 2022, um, but they've yeah they've just got to get that one player that's attractable to others. That that actually, what it says to other players is that we're half a chance of winning each week because mm. that player is playing now. Being involved at the Titans for a lot of years, Jace, it was a you know we found it very easy to sign players because we started speaking to player managers and players before the Titans even had a license. You're allowed to because you didn't have a license. Yeah, right, of course. So you weren't breaking any rules. So, yeah. you know, to be able to get the likes of, you know, Luke Bailey, the best front rower in the world at that stage, Anthony Lillifranchi, um, you know, Preston Campbell and Scott Prince came after that as well. That says to other players, we're half a chance of winning each week. Mm. And so that's what the the Dolphins, they haven't been able to, you know, they, I don't think they've been, they haven't been able to, um, I think, take that approach yet with, with a lot of the players. They've got some good signings, some good older players uh, like Kafusis and, and Bromwich and, and those players who are going to set a really good standard off the field mm. when it comes to training. And, and that legacy will stay there for many years after. 
which is really important for the Dolphins. But they've got to get that one clutch player, that trigger player that, that can create points and, and also says to other players that, you know, yeah, we're going to be thereabouts. Um, let's talk about Thursday night's debacle. You're, I know we're going to uh, review the game in more so, uh, in more detail soon and have a listen to some highlights in adverted commas. Uh, it's really blown me away that you you actually thought the Titans and the Tigers was a good game of rugby league. Oh, good or great? I'm not too sure where it sits. No, but, I didn't say great. Okay, I a good game. Good, I enjoyed it. You're the only person. You're you're bucking the trends and the system. Mm. To say, I mean, and you never, I've got to say, you never say anything bad about the game. So I'm going to take this with a pinch of salt. Okay. But but why was it a good game? There were so many handling errors. Yeah, there were errors. Absolutely. Defense, we see errors. We see errors in every game. Yeah, but these were Every round. Th- this wasn't because of pressure. This wasn't because of, you know, defensive pressure or offensive pressure. It was just because of poor handling skills. Yeah, and, and not a, And not being able to execute general skills. I, I, I don't t- – See, I disagree. I disagree because one of the great skills in rugby league, as a fan, we look at rugby league and we go, oh, I can't wait to see the tries. As rugby league fans, we don't no, appreciate – I'm not saying that. I'm no, not saying no, that. But the fans always look at the game from an attacking point of view. And, yeah, there wasn't a lot of points scored. But yeah, I, I come from the point of view that I love watching teams – with their heels on the try line, defend set after set after set after set, and they turn teams away. And whether the other team makes a mistake or whatever, but they just are able to withstand a lot of pressure. And the Titans and the West Tigers did that. And, yeah, there were some errors and unforced errors. No, there errors weren't some errors. errors. There were – I think it was a record. There were – No, there wasn't a record. Well, it was nearly – there was about mm. nearly 30 errors for that game, and yeah. they, a lot of them weren't from pressure. A lot of them no, were just well, – like what about what about Corey Thompson? Here's the ball, open try line. I can't even put it down because it slips out of my hands. Okay, what about Kelma Tuolangi, who came across and was able to put extra pressure on Corey Thompson from scoring an easy try? See, what about that for an effort? That's an amazing effort. But that you know, do- a dive over from dummy half from Jacob Little, who looks like it's going to be a, a try, and Jermaine Asako somehow gets his body underneath Jacob Little and stops the try. And then you've got, you know, whether it's yeah, six points to two. All of a sudden, you've got a grandstand finish where you've a got all this controversy finish. about about whether the Titans player knocked the ball out of Jock Madden's hands and AJ Brimson scored the try, or whether it was a clean drop. And all of a sudden, everyone's oh, excited on. in the grandstands because we've got a minute to go, and it's and Toby Sexton's kicking a goal to put them in front by two points. Most people were excited because there was only thirty seconds left on the clock, and they could go home. I've That's got to say, they're... I called the West Tigers and Warriors game last week at Campbelltown. <laughs> that was far tougher to watch and call than that game last night. I didn't mind the game, to be quite honest. And oh, I know I'm part of the minority, but rugby league is always the game that keeps on giving. And I thought last night was, I, you know, I was okay, flat. Okay, if you call. Okay. I was flat <laughs> after the game because, you know, and the listeners know that I am, I'm a huge fan of Michael Maguire's. As a as a person, of course. And when it was six two, and I thought, you know what, they're they're going to win this, and I'm happy for Michael Maguire because just take the pressure off him for seven days. That's it, just seven days. And then as soon as that try was given, try, I thought, I just I feel for Michael Maguire. I feel for him. Let me ask you this: what have what would have Justin Holbrook said to his team afterwards? 
he would have said, I'm really glad of your defensive effort. Yep. I'm really glad that you're able to, to not concede any tries. And I'm really glad that when the game was on the line and we needed as many people trying to come up with a win with a minute to go, there was four or five players around the ball just trying to make a difference. That's the only thing you can look at from that game from a from a positive, from an affirmative um, perspective as a coach. For Michael Maguire, you say, you know, everyone in the dressing sheds looked like they'd lost a grand final. And mm. that means it hurts. That means it means something. And even for Michael Maguire, the defensive effort for, from his side was really, really gutsy as well. To, to not only not concede a lot of tries from a team that can play a really open-style brand of, of rugby league and can threaten some sides with their attack, but they conceded a try from a kick and a drop ball with a minute to go. So, yeah, from coaches, you've got to look at the positives, and they're the only positives you can take out of it. Um, yeah, yeah. Tino yeah. Mafasul Malawi, his tackle on that was David Nofaluma. Yeah, I'm just, not saying every play was bad, but it was that first half was terrible. You're just a prophet of doom. No, so I'm not a prophet I'm of doom. You about it? No, I'm not a prophet. I'm still angry about the Swans' poor performance oh, as well. I've had, I've had a shot. I mean, they lost by 16 points, but oh my god, their first quarter and second quarter uh, were terrible. Oh, I, yeah, I, I want to talk about David Fafida. Is he the most overpriced centre in the game? I, I'm going to say something here, and, and I'm sorry, it might be a bit of a bit of an attack on David Fafida, but I think he's a waste of the money they're paying him, particularly when people are debating and arguing in the game whether Payne Haas is worth a million bucks. He's a bloke playing for the Titans who's not earning his crust. Not earning his crust. Last year, yeah, he scored a, he scored a t- stack of tries and, and did well. This year, he looks totally disinterested. And people at the Titans, I'm telling you this now, Sats, people at the Titans are too scared to raise stuff around him in case he gets upset and wants to leave the club. And they're walking on eggshells around David Fafita. And the fact that David Fafita has it over them is part of the mistake as well. Yeah, I mean, strong opinion. And I think there's a lot of people that would agree with you. I looked at his stats and I've always been very critical of David because we just know what potential he's got. And he's moving past the stage of potential. His age still tells us that he hasn't matured as a rugby league player. And if he actually gets it one day, it's a little bit like Dave Taylor. The Mm. day that they get it means that they'll become the most destructive player in the game. But sometimes they just don't get it. It doesn't matter how old they are. But, but why? Yes, I say, what's age got to do with it? Well... It's desire, right? Oh, probably not to go too much into it, but in rugby league world, you may be 23 and you are classed as a, a fully mature adult and, and from an intelligence point of view, should be able to handle most situations in life. Mm. In rugby league, we are a little bit more immature when it comes to understanding the the do's or don'ts, the rights or wrongs, what's you know, what's the best um what's the best facet of the game that's gonna suit my game. So without trying to get too technical, it's it's unfortunately the world we live in when it comes to professional sport or some sports. But with David Fafito, I I was quite critical of him last night also. He had one good run and then I looked at his statistics after the game and it said he had fifteen hit ups for about hundred and forty odd meters and I thought, where? Where did I see the fifteen hit ups? And I, there's a little bit of the onus has got to go back onto the Titans as well. David Fafita's got to demand the ball. I want the ball. I want it on three different occasions. And again, not going to go into it too technical, but he's got to demand the ball. But also they've got to understand that he is one of the most powerful runners in the game. 
and they have to direct a lot more play to him. So they're both at fault. The Gold Coast Titans are at fault. They're halves. Because they're and, walking on eggshells. And, and the coach has got a little bit to blame yep. there as well. He's got to yep. design a game plan around it. But David Fafita's got to take some ownership as well and say, you know what, and I'm going to demand the ball. I need it. And if you're not going to give it to me, I'm going to tear strips off someone. You know, Gordy Tallis, for example, he just wanted the ball mm. all the time. Payne Huss Villi- wants the ball. Viliami Kikau yep. sits on an edge, yep. wants the ball all the time. So um, he's got to learn that part of the game, Dave, where he's got to be a lot more aggressive with his teammates about what impact he's going to have on the game. It's that time for an off-the-bench Friday night preview. Oh, I'm like a fat kid on a smarty. I'm so excited. And I can say that because I'm a fat kid. Uh, so you just have to drop the smarty. You just say, <laughs> I feel like a fat kid. <laughs> what? Oprah's sorry. not happy with you either. Sorry to fat shame. I'm sorry about that. I get it every day at work. It's okay. It's okay. Tonight, the Rabbitohs and the Panthers. Well, I should mm. say Panthers and Rabbitohs since it's a, a Panthers home game. What is it? Point Points bet? No. What betting agency is their stadium after? It's points bet, it's, isn't it? It's Panthers. It's Panthers Stadium. That's all it is. Okay, mate. You, uh, Blake Taff is back from an ankle injury, but it's unlikely he'll be squeezed into the side. But the Bunnies expect to be 1-17 to for the grand final rematch. Luttrell had a little bit of a scare at training, but Jason Demetrio, the coach, says he'll be okay. Just tweaked his, tweaked his knee. Nathan mm. Cleary will play. Yep. And James Fisher, Harrison, Liam Martin are set to return to the starting side if they get through the captain's run. They've been named on an extended bench. They I have. Th- I think that's just Ivan playing games, right? Well, you know, you you, you want the, the top 13 to be able to train as much as they can through the week. And by naming them on the extended bench, Liam Martin in jersey 19, Fisher, Harrison, jersey 24, is just, listen, we need to train with the 13 because – if we need to slot you guys in at the lowest moment, we know that you just get part of the process. So, um, so they would have allowed them to, to to give them all week instead of saying, "All right, you're going to play, you're going to train," and then all of a sudden you get to the captain's run and you go, "Actually, there's a bit of a niggle here." Okay, replacements jump in. So, but in saying that, Penrith are now one of those clubs where it doesn't matter who you put in in whatever jersey, they just do the job. Mm. So, yeah, they've got really good depth. The Penrith Panthers. So this is going to be an interesting one because, you know, with Nathan Cleary coming back, naturally they're going to be a lot better. And Sean O'Sullivan did an amazing job. And he's been sat sat out the entire weekend this week, not even playing second grade Sean O'Sullivan, just it to might, give him a rest. Is it a rest or is there any COVID uh, issues? Oh, might be, we are seeing a lot of players yeah. that are starting to drop with COVID. Gold yeah. Coast missed uh, two on Thursday well, night. Well, Bo, so, Bo Firma was one of them. Yeah, yeah so night. maybe it might be. Also, they might have just given him – give him a bit of a rest because yep. of the, the first three weeks is um, he's taken on the side on his own bat and done a great job. But South Sydney, Wookie, last week, you know, you're, you and I are South Sydney fans and they were back. I mean, they played against a Roosters side that's, that's been a little bit underwhelming at the moment. But what I liked about South Sydney is that they got their aggression back. Mm. They played at that real fast speed that we like watching South play. And it looked like, the first few weeks, couple of weeks, their timing was out, their depth was out. People looked like they were sort of introducing mm. themselves to each other again. Last week, it looked like all their timing and rhythm was was all in sync. Cody Walker got to play football instead of trying to run the team. And that's what Ilias is going to be really good at. Yeah, Lachlan Ilias, I believe, by the time he retires and if he spends his whole year at South, his whole career at South, and I, I've watched enough of, of the kid through junior reps, 
I think we'll be talking about him and the effect that he has on a game the same way we do with Adam Reynolds as a South Sydney player. He's a tremendous young player. The defence of these two teams is quite strong. I mean, Rabbitohs have been great uh, in their opening three games defensive-wise. The Panthers always strong. It's going to be a, a low-scoring affair. Sats, how do you see it going? I think with Cleary coming back, and I'm just reiterating what all the so-called experts uh, would be saying, is that I think Penrith will win, and I think you're right. I think it'll be like a 22-18 scoreline. 22-18. Yeah. I reckon the Rabbitohs, 18-14. Okay. We're back. Little Trell's there. We're going to win this easy. This is off the bench, <laughs> Sats and Jakes. Back in a mo. This is off the bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is off the bench NRL. Clark's at acting half. Plays the ball. Now does for swimmer. Oh, oh, what a wake a head clash. Wow, they both reel out and he's dropped the ball and the Tigers have come up with it. Is that Jacob Little? Yeah, he's oh, not well. wow. Zero tackle, so they start the tackle count again. Oh. As Proctor unloads the Oh, he lost, lost it. it. And I think it was Tua Lungi who came across and he may have hurt himself. And I think Thompson may have hurt his hand as well. Little gives it to Peachy. Peachy now to Madden. Madden to Laurie. Oh. Stepped away from Kelly. Away from Marziu for the corner to Nofaluma into touch. It was a touching goal. Oh. Touching goal. And now Nofaluma on the outside of Proctor. Full back to beat. Inside of Sarko. But for Suomala Awi oh. came and made the tackle, tackle. And he's knocked the ball on. Taking his time here, Luke Brooks moves in. They're not back to 10, the Titans either. Strikes it. Never looked like missing. The last tackle, 70 seconds remain. Will they get a repeat set? Sexton, oh, the kick has hit the oh, upright. Back oh. into the goal area. Madden there, he's lost, he's the, lost the ball. It. He lost the ball. The Titans have scored. No he lost the ball. Oh. I think the Titans have scored. That's a try. Oh, it is. Kicks the goal to put the Titans in front. It's 8-6 with just seconds remaining. 8-6, a dour, boring piece of you-know-what, that game. The Titans and the true. Tigers at Seba Stadium on Thursday night. A uh, couple of things. Um, Luke Brooks. Mm. Uh, now, first of all, before we get on to Luke Brooks, you've got a penalty. You're the Tigers. What are you, 20 outs? Yeah, about uh, you're, 20, 20, 30 you're up, out, yeah. You're up 4-2, is that right, yep. at the time? Mm-hmm. Uh, would have you taken the kick or tried for the to score a try? Yeah, to go to 6-2, it's a really good point. At the time, I thought, just waste some time and you know, got 90 seconds to kick the goal. But what you do is you, if you get the goal and you're successful, it invites the other side to do a short kickoff, but also invites the other side into your half. So um, it's potatoes, potatoes sort of. It's I think in hindsight now, I probably would have taken the tap and just tried to play the set of six out because they'd have to defend their try line. You either score a try or you turn the ball over in a really bad position for the Titans, then they've got to spend another... On average, Jace, it's about a minute per set. Mm, it takes about a minute, mm. minute 10 per set. Um, but coming out of your own end, like the Gold Coast would have been, it would have been really hard going. So you would have wasted about two, two and a bit minutes mm. and get the ball back and just and play the clock out. So in hindsight, yeah, the decision would have been to take the tap and roll the dice and just see whether you can play really disciplined. I think they did the right thing by taking the two. That was on offer, Sats, because... Well, because the referee stopped... Because they were wasting so much time, yeah. the referee just stopped the clock. Yes. 
But so I, it actually worked in the Gold Coast favour. But then. on the other side of the coin, that was a freakish kick. It hit the it hit the upright. There were plenty of. It, it wasn't oh, a good. It wasn't a good kick. If that no, had he, he aimed for the upright. Well, he did very well in hitting it because yeah. there was about a half a dozen Western West it was, Tigers players. It was players. a really ballsy, risky play from a young player yep. who aimed for the upright, and if it bounces back in the field of play. Your players are going to be going through on the ball as opposed to the Tigers players who will be in the end goal. So and if you miss, there was a half a dozen of them waiting in the end goal. Dane ta- Laurie was waiting there yeah. just to take it and get a seven tackle set. So but that that was yeah, that was a freakish play. We hadn't seen freakish play all night. So mm. I guess the the odds were take the two, and I don't, I don't blame them to go up six two, and then they have to score a try yeah. to actually win the game. Um, I want to talk about Luke Brooks. He was underwhelming again last night. I hate attacking players, but. I'm but sick. Of, but no. But I'm, I'm sick of also. It's okay to attack Madge all the time, but the players have to stand up there for their performance. I believe at looking at how they played last night. I reckon they do play for their coach. I, I, I don't reckon there's a problem between the players and the coach. But the problem is, there's no one leading them. There's no one driving them forward. And Luke Brooks is not the person. If if I was the West Tigers, I'd be shopping him around, try and get rid of him, and and look at clubs maybe like the Bulldogs who mm. need a halfback and say, listen, what, what will you give us for Luke Brooks? It's what he's on is why he's under so much pressure. Nine hundred fifty thousand dollars, and you don't begrudge him for signing a no, contract not at of all. that nature. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, you know, we're five or six months into the season already when it comes to paying your players. So they've already outlaid four hundred fifty, four hundred seventy-five thousand. To, to Luke Brooks already for the 2022 season. So what they've got left to pay him, if he was to transfer to, say, let's say the Bulldogs, well, they're going to have to say, Wilson, if you take the Bulldogs, we'll we'll pay 250 of it. You pay the other 200 mm. and you can take him off our, off our books. The problem is the West Tigers, probably the late this year is the first year they've been able to recover from the signings they made when Ivan Cleary was there, Mozumbai on nine hundred thousand, uh, Ben Madalino, Russell Packer, Josh Reynolds. Because they've big... been paying other clubs, right? So they're paying six hundred thousand dollars. I'm led to believe to other players yeah, right now. Yeah, wow. Okay. So if you go and add another two hundred and fifty thousand to it, you're right. paying nearly a million dollars to other players, and you can't sign good players and win games and play finals when you you're paying basically 10% of your contract to other players to okay. go to other clubs. So we can't so, do that. What do we do with Brooks? Um, well, if they're not willing to outlay and pay other players like they have been doing, I, I just think he becomes I just think he becomes your your option until Jackson Hastings comes back. I did. I thought he did a couple of pretty good things last night, Luke Brooks, but again, when the game needed to be taken hold of, he was unable to do it. I thought Jock Madden, the young... 5'8", who I thought was one of their best last night defensively. He he basically had to defend David Fafita and did an amazing job on him. Um, I think when Hastings comes back, who paid his own way, mind you, last night to go to the Gold Coast and support the team. That's incredible. A flight up there. I think Jock Madden and Jackson Hastings become the halves combination. And Luke Brooks, maybe jersey number 14, He's comes a- on and plays that role where he can play a little bit of lock, a bit of hooker, a bit of dummy half. Just becomes a just becomes a depth player for the rest of the year. Because I don't think the West Tigers want to pay more money to another player to go to another club. Okay. Jackson Hastings had to pay his own way to go to the Gold Coast to sit in the coach's box. And no, he didn't his... end up paying his own way, but he offered oh, to pay his own right, way to okay. go up. I mean, he just he wanted to be there for Michael Maguire and the players. He should be. Well, he doesn't have to go, 
He's not expected no, no, to go. But, no, no, but I'm just saying, though, that the club should be saying, hey, listen, we want you there. Like, he shouldn't have to ask. Well, no, there's there's costs. The NRL pay for your travel costs, and the NRL not going to pay for an extra player to go up there. Mate, you can get, like, a $39 Jetstar fare. So the club end up paying for him. But, you know, just the offer of Jackson Hastings, who's suspended, he say, you know, it's one in all in. So there's no room for you when he comes back for Luke Brooks? I think on the way that Luke Brooks is playing at the moment, tremendous young kid, but I think he's a number 14. I think he plays a bit of hooker for you. Right. I think he can play that ball-playing lock position for you. And he becomes a depth player and let Hastings and, and Jock Madden run the side. All righty. Um... Let's go to a break. This is uh, off the bench. Scott Sattler, Jason Matthews here for your weekend. Hope you're going well. During the week, uh, you and Badge caught up with uh, the number nine for the Cowboys, Reese Robson. He joins us next on Off the Bench. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. On the line, we've got a, uh, a very handy little hooker going very well for the North Queensland Cowboys at the moment. They've won the last two weeks. Former St George player, and as I said, doing a great job with the Cowboys now. He's Reese Robson. Reese, thanks for joining us on Sports Day. No worries at all. Thanks for having me. Yeah, first and foremost, uh, before we get into the, the last two weeks and how well the Cowboys are going at the moment, you were born and raised in Moolumbah, the Mustangs ter- territory. Were you, were you a Mustang growing up? Uh, Mullumbar Colts was Colts. the junior must. Yeah, what, what? <laughs> yeah, so that was the sort of junior ranks coming through there at the Colts and then turned into the must, uh, Mustangs, but never, we moved away before I got to the senior footy. Now you, um, have you got any family or friends still there with a lot of the, uh, a lot of the rain in Northern Bloods New South Wales? Is, is, is everyone safe? Yeah, they all sort of went through that. Got a lot of family down there still. They're all safe and that just sort of bit of a clean up for them, the poor buggers. So they've just sort of. Come out the other side of that now. Good to hear. Now uh, going from going down to Sydney uh, with the Dragons for a couple of years. Um, no, he's in the Sharky system. Yeah, I, I know. But but um, what what I was trying to allude to is from going from Sydney to the to the Cowboys, Townsville compared to Sydney, huge difference, isn't there? Yeah, massive difference. Yeah, certainly noticed that the first summer I moved up here, but um, adjusting to it now, and it's been been good move, and I've enjoyed my time up here. Did you? Um, you know, for mine, it looked like a bit of an ambush on the weekend. Sats and I did your uh, the game against the Broncos at Suncorp Stadium. Did you feel that coming? Because there's been people sort of wondering, you know, if, if the Cowboys are the real deal this year, and all of a sudden, it all it all seemed to click. Um, we sort of obviously, like everyone knows, it's a big game, the sort of derby up here. And um, since I've moved up here, it's always sort of treated it like that. And um, yeah, it was sort of. We knew it was going to be a big game, and we knew they were going to come out firing. So we just tried to, as you do every week, but um, go out there and sort of go hard from the start and just see what happens. And yeah, we just sort of a few things did click for us, and um, maybe got a bit lucky, or some things just worked that may not have other weeks. But um, yeah, it seemed to really go good for us on the weekend. Did was there any um, any fanfare around your fiftieth game, or did that did that sort of go under the radar a bit? Um, I didn't. I didn't actually know it was my 50th game. Until, uh, <laughs> really? I had a few messages. I think it must have been mentioned on the commentary, and I had a few messages saying congratulations on your 50th game. But I didn't know till after the game, so yeah, so it wasn't too much of a hype around that. No. Now the last two weeks, of course, um, the Raiders in round two and, and the Broncos a big game. Not only a, a good win, a big win as well. But has Toddy Payton just ensured you don't get too far ahead of yourself at the moment? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, it's only two wins, and um, although there have been was a good win on the weekend, no, I don't think any of the boys are getting too far ahead of themselves. We know it's a long season, and um, we know there's a lot of good teams coming up that we've got to got to be on just to try and earn those two points in the coming weeks. Yeah, now, Jeremiah Nanai, who and only 19, turned 19 in February, which just blows my mind. Um, three trials on the weekend. But outside, they're doing a lot of really good little things. Now, you see him at training through the preseason. And has it surprised you how smoothly he's handled the NRL so early in his career? Um, no, not really. Because as you just said, yeah, we did um, spend the whole preseason with him and seen a lot, of the, a lot of the things he's capable of that you sort of seen a bit of on the weekend. And um all through pre-season, he's massive improvement. He sort of finished the last year, um, the end of last year, sort of his first sort of taste of NRL, and you sort of seen glimpses of it. But, yeah, he's just sort of gone from strength to strength in the pre-season, and we're just starting to see that now on the field with all his performances, especially the one on the weekend. How, how do those, you know, I thought it looked pretty smooth on the weekend, um, your combinations, especially when people talk about, we talk about the diamond, they talk about the spine, you you wouldn't have played much footy together, the uh, the four of you, would you? Tommy Dearden and Chad Townsend, uh, yourself and 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 Hamaso. How's that all no, moving along? Yeah, no, it's been it's it's been really good. Chaddy's been really good for us, sort of since coming into the side. I played a bit of footy with the end of last year with Tommy Dearden, and I had a couple of years up here with Hammer. But um, yeah, certainly just and most of our experience together has sort of come through the preseason. And um, yeah, I think I think each the way each of those players play, it's sort of. They all complement each other in certain ways. Like Chatty's obviously with his experience has come and really controlled the side and mm. sort of given Tommy a bit of free reins to sort of go about his job the way he's been going. He's been going really well. Yeah, he sure has. How how are you going? Are you comfortable? And and is that you know I know a lot of dummy halves don't play the full eighty, but you look like you could go a bit more sometimes. You you're okay with the uh, the swap sort of generally throughout the second half with with Jake Granville coming on. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think um, just sort of, yeah, as you said, obviously would like to get a few more minutes out. But no, Jakey comes on, does a really good job for us. So um, I'll just sort of try to go out and do my part for the team and what, what they need me to do at that moment. And then, yeah, further along, if more minutes do come down the track, I'll be there ready to take it. Now, Hamaso, Tabuai Fido, probably one of the most dangerous players if given open space in the competition. And can't wait to see where he is in four, five, six years' time, how much he's learnt from the game. But we watched him closely, Badge, and you being one of the great fullbacks, you watched him with greater interest about how do you introduce him into the game more because there seems to be parts of the game where he, he's sort of still learning the game but not really getting himself involved. So how do you as a hooker and your halves get him involved more? Um, I guess probably just from game planning um, teams from week to week. Um, notice things in his game, especially at training, that he likes and he feels comfortable with and talks to us about the type of ball he wants it, whether it's early ball or a kick-in for him or something like that with his speed. It's sort of pretty dangerous for opposing defence. So, um, yeah, I just think from each week, sort of just learning what sort of type of play suits him and and um, and from what he wants to do week to week is sort of, I guess, how you bring him into the game more. Have you seen him at top speed yet? Because there's some players in the comp that... I remember talking to Anthony Griffin. He said Tyrell Sloan, he... he thinks he still hasn't seen him at top speed. What about with Hammer so? Yeah, I think I think it's the same with Hammer there too. He's just he moves across the ground so easy. It's just yeah you think he's holding back a little bit and I think I think we got a few more kilometers an hour to get to see from him. Is Val oh, wor- 
Sorry, is, does Val work with him? I just found that I thought he looked a bit lost or just couldn't really work out where to be. And it looks like Val's there to stay, playing great footy in, in the centres. But who is Val or someone else working with Hammer to get him, you know, to more to understand that role? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, so he's got to, had a lot of help with that through whoever's there to, talking to him, whether it has been um, Jono um, through the pre-season, sort of helping him out with a lot of stuff. And, and Val would, when he needs it, they talk to each other and pick up a lot of stuff that they both notice by playing fullback. So I'm probably not in those meetings when they are having no. them. I'm sure they are talking. This is Off The Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. The winners, the losers, the how and the why. Let's get stuck into our Off The Bench footy tips. Ah, this is where you put yourself out there and you get shot down. Although I'm leading our footy tipping competition. I know you are. By one. Mm. By one. Hey, can I ask you a question? Mm. Um, I'm sorry it's is about Is that your food, question? Whenever I talk to you about food, you start to salivate. And oh, that's quite creepy. I love food. But in saying that, um, we're in the commentary box Thursday night calling the Gold Coast game. And yep. the catering, we don't usually get catering. We usually just buy our own stuff. Anyway, the caterers dropped off a whole box of beef sliders. Oh. Now, I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. How many? Is it right or wrong yeah. to have four sliders? Right or wrong? Uh, in ha- like what, what period of time? Well, is it? Like for the whole well, game? No, probably six minutes. No. No, that's not that, even that, trying. That's okay. <laughs> okay. They're like crumbs, oh, mate. What are you honestly, talking about? One of the best things I've ever tasted. Were so they? good. Oh. Are you sure they weren't for someone else's box by mistake? Like some corporate How good are pickles on a burger? Pickles are the best. I'm trying yeah. to teach my daughters that. Don't get rid of the pickle. Mm. If we go and get a cheeseburger or something, I end up with three pickles. Uh, on my, on my cheeseburgers, great. Mm. Warriors Broncos. I, I'm almost I tough know, one. I think we've picked the Broncos each, but I'm actually thinking about swapping. I, I can't now. My tips are in, but I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised the Warriors win this. I, yeah, I, me either. Broncos horrible last week. The only reason why I'm picking the Broncos, Jace, is your man Adam Reynolds mm. very rarely makes mistakes that he made last week. He won't do it two weeks in a row. But he and wasn't he the will, only one. No, he wasn't. But there was two, one kick in general play that went out in the full. Yeah. And a dropout that went out on the full. And it was times in the game when when it, it wasn't a, a great time of the game where, especially the one that went out on the full just in general play kicking. I mean, that's that's something that Adam Reynolds doesn't do. And it puts a lot of pressure on your side for field position. He won't do it again. Okay. So uh, I'm going to take the Broncos. Yeah, I'll stick with it as well. Uh, Manly versus Raiders and Mudgee. You're on the Raiders. I'm on Manly. I am on the Raiders, yep. I just, I, I'm not convinced about Manly yet. Uh, I'm not convinced pitch. about the Raiders either. Yeah, dry pitch in Manly, which is, which in Mudgee, which is what Manly want. But I just, I don't know. I just, I'm not convinced. Some I'm good wines down there too. I'd go after the game, not before. <laughs> Cowboys, Roosters, uh, you're on the Roosters. I am not convinced about the Roosters at all. They were terrible against South. Yeah, they were. They'll come good. They'll come good. They're they're a little bit like the Broncos years gone by when they didn't really, it didn't really stress them too much if they didn't start the season too well. But mm. after round five, you've got to be starting to send a bit of a message. So I think the Roosters get back on the 
pardon the pun, get back on the horse against the Cowboys? I'm on the Cowboys. And the reason, I've got to tell full disclaimer for our listeners, the reason Mm -hmm. why Sats is not picking the Cowboys is because he hates them. That's That's the reason. One of my very good friends is their coach. And that's that's why why he don't like them. He's a better better dancer than you. He's a better dancer than most people. Storm versus Bulldogs. We're both on the Storm. They haven't been good. And the Bulldogs have been, I think the Bulldogs are building as well. They're going to win. They're 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 going to win a few games. They're just struggling like they have in years gone by where they, they just struggle to score points. We've got no seven. Mm. Uh, well, they have. I mean, they've got plenty of sevens there. But I'd be putting Kyle Flanagan as the number seven and just letting Matty Burton run. But that's why – isn't that why Kyle Flanagan's getting paid something like 600 grand a year or something? To Well, I think they're trying to freeze him out. I think they're trying to get him to another club. What? And that's the way you do it. You just, you just don't play them. Well, they swap. Luke Brooks and Kyle Flanagan. It's not a bad idea, actually. I'll take that to um, – who should I take that to? Do I take that to the West Tigers or do I take that to the Bulldogs? Who's trying to – who would benefit uh, more? I think the Bulldogs. I'll go to the Bulldogs. I'll, mm. I'll go and talk to Trent. Uh, Eels versus Dragons. We're both on the Eels. Yep. Uh, are you being disappointed in the Dragons so far or have they just been playing really good teams? I oh, See, I picked them to make eighth position, but – yeah, well, I think they played with a horrible last week in the wet. Mm. Um, yeah, they, they are disappointing me, but they play. They got too good of a playing roster not to not to come good at some stage. I think by the midway through the season, they'll they'll start taking a few scalps. The storm was your lock for the weekend too, wasn't it? It was. Okay, mine was the sharks. So anyway, Rodio, what are we looking forward to this weekend, Scott? Mine's going to involve food. Um, I tell you what, I'm looking. Does it involve pizza? Yes, we got the mm. thermo mix back. We had that in for repairs. You know, you can if your thermo mix is broken down, you can send it to thermo mix. Mm. Uh, they pay for all the they pay for all the postage and handling. Yeah, you just got to go to the post office with a big box and all that sort. They fixed it. One hundred and twenty bucks. Done. You know, they got, you know, you don't have to go to the post office with a big box. You know, they got boxes there. You can put it in as well. You're so, saying there are big boxes at my post office. Yep, there are. Um, I've only seen the small ones there. So what are you looking forward to outside of pizza? Uh, homemade pizzas tonight and uh, maths, the reunion, Sunday night. It's my favourite episode of the maths um, because it's when all the... Skank, all, the vi- uh, all of them get back, sorry, back together. All the video footage comes out. Yes, it does. Mm, so what about you, mate? Uh, I'm looking forward to... NRLW, mm-hmm. and I'm looking forward to the Women's World Cup, Australia versus England on Sunday. Of course. Both high scorers. I think England got 293 when they beat South Africa. Australia, 305, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. What about the so Aussie, I can't wait for that. What about the Aussie men? Make 348 and get beaten by Pakistan. Mm-hmm. The highest run chase ever in the history of one day is. Yep. Oh, pretty good, Pakistan. It, mind were. you, the pitch looked like a footpath. It was that flat. <laughs> They're all flat. When you look at a cricket pitch, they're all flat. I don't know whether I'm just trying to expose this to all the sporting world, but when you look at a cricket pitch, it's actually flat. No, they're not. But it's got no grass on it. It was shiny. doesn't matter whether it's got grass on it. It's still flat. It looked like a piece of glass. You couldn't do anything with it. Anyway, we've got to go. Uh, this has been Off the Bench for another weekend. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I hope, I hope your footy team or your sporting team gets up, and we'll catch you next week. See ya.